To support our work at the Izzy and Murtada Picture Show and the work of other independent creators like us, sign up to listen to the podcast on Nebula. Nebula is the creator-owned streaming platform that hosts great videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Sign up today at nebula.tv slash picture show, and you'll get access to this podcast plus other great podcasts and videos. Sign up at Nebula and help support independent media creators. That's nebula.tv slash picture show. Izzy. And I'm Mortada. And this is the Izzy and Mortada Picture Show. We are back after yeah. a long absence. Hi, Hi. everyone. <laughs> Hi, Izzy. Hi. Um, we didn't plan to be absent this long, uh, but you know, things it was a busy time for all of us. I took time off to see family, and that was the first reason we stopped recording for a while and decided to take a break. I came back, but then both of us were very busy. Um, I'm sure you've seen Izzy's videos that she was busy with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working on finalizing my day job, which is the lineup for, for New Fest, the LGBTQ plus film festival here in New York and all the other things. So instead of taking um, three weeks or four weeks or however long we intended at the beginning, it's almost two months, but we're back and we're going to be back Fingers crossed every week from now until the end of the year, except for, you know, when there are holidays and things like that. So we might miss one here and there. Yeah. Until we get paid for this, we are showing up when we want to. (laughs) Totally. Um, This is volunteer work. So (laughs) to help us come every week, maybe you can recommend us to other people to listen to us. Maybe you can hit that like, write us a review, five stars only. We don't accept anything less (laughs) Um, on wherever you're listening to us right now. All of these things help so that more people discover this program because we think we have a very good podcast and we have some amazing guests. Yeah, not to sound like extraordinarily egotistical, but I think we're doing an okay job. (laughs) Yes. And doing an even better job is our fabulous guests who have joined us for many of our episodes and, you know, brought their humor and expertise and knowledge and good, um, good conversation. And those are still there for you to listen to. If you want to talk about the method or listen to what actors do, listen to our conversation with Isaac Butler about his book, The Method. We talked about Casablanca. We talked about John Dealman, who is amazing um, guests who are the experts on those movies. So, you know, that's just three of however many episodes we have. So check those episodes out. Yep. All good. Um, so what what have you been up to? What if what if, let's start with a very simple question. What did you see this summer? And what did you love? So I saw Barbie. Okay. Just like everyone else. Shock. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the funniest thing about Barbie is Barbie opened the week I decided to go on vacation to see my family. Right. So I didn't see it. Um, and I just thought, you know, I'm spending time with family. This has been a tough year for all of us. Let's just hang around, eat. You know, I wasn't going to suggest going to the movie to anyone. But the mm-hmm. Barbie marketing was 
I think really successful, but also really relentless because my mom, who never <laughs> wants to go to the movies, who's never really interested in movies, mm -hmm. decided that we should all go to Barbie. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. So Barbie has reached her too. So that's what we did. It was one of the family activities we did while I was in London. Um, and we all went to Barbie. Um, I think, Izzy, I told you this, but the funniest thing about um, going to Barbie with my family, uh, because we don't go to the movies together, mm -hmm. uh, because it's not something they're interested in, uh, is that I'm used to, you know, when I go with you or other friends or with Philip, everybody wants to talk about the movie after. And yeah. it's like the discussion sometimes can be even longer than the movie, especially if you go and have a couple of drinks or over dinner or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. My family was not into that at all. The movie ended. They were over. It was over. This was a past chapter in their lives. They have moved on. All my mom said to me after she was like, who was that man in the black jacket? And she's <laughs> like, he wasn't funny. Uh, and she met Will Ferrell. And that was it. Doesn't that sound so freeing though? Like, don't you kind of wish you could do that? Yes. Even I though it's I like, could. I love, you know, obviously I love what I do, but I'm also like, wow, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. The thing, yeah. it does sound awesome. The, the funniest thing is that sometimes you need like a minute to gather yourself. Yeah. Um, and I do this too. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you go out with somebody, you know, like you and I, when we see something, we always like, you know, you look at right after the movie and you're like, whoa, or whatever, or yeah. how was this? And sometimes you just need a minute or even an hour or a day to kind of know what you think about the movie. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, okay. I've seen other movies this summer, like Past Lives and Bottom. Can't say that word. Bottoms. <laughs> I brought the British accent. Um, bottoms. You saw bottoms. <laughs> um, but let's start with Barbie. That's what the one thing that I think everybody has seen. So we are very mm -hmm. late to the Barbie conversation. But what did you think, Izzy? I largely enjoyed it, I would mm -hmm. say. Yes. Um, I don't think that it was ever going to be something that I was like obsessed with. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, it's just not the kind like I never was big into Barbies or anything if it were an American Girl doll movie maybe things would be different but yeah anyways um but I think I think it took a long time for me to kind of figure out what I thought because the first time I saw it I saw it like opening day with like hordes of other millennials all wearing pink so everybody had a really good time it was like a very fun experience it was an theater. event yeah yeah it was really really fun and uh but at the same time I found myself like eye rolling a lot of it because of mm. how straightforward a lot of it was I felt like a lot of the jokes were retreading mm -hmm. tropes that we've seen since like 2013 like this would have been on Broad City. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I was a it's... little tired of it mm. by the end of it, even though I pretty much enjoyed it. I I was very impressed with Greta Gerwig's direction, um, particularly in the musical sequences, mm -hmm. because I think those are always really hard to do. And often I think the, the modern way of filming music sequences is just like put a camera on a crane and call it a day and she didn't do that which I loved um 
so yeah I think I was like mostly like fine with it but I was like oh my god it it, like made me feel a little cringy and then I saw it again with my parents and a group of largely boomers and who knew this movie would be the movie for parents I know yeah it was surprising and they didn't get any of the jokes so a lot of the stuff that I thought was funny they like simply just crickets you know yeah but but also uh it it was a good reminder that a lot of the things that I think are overdone or like repeated really often or too straightforward really resonate with people who aren't like chronically online or like Mm. steeped in women in film 24 Mm. 7 so like these women were like cheering at America Ferreira's speech Mm -hmm. which like I I imagine it's been a long time since anyone has like said anything like that in a movie yeah yeah which like that's really nice to see that it does resonate with them even though i'm like literally this is in like movies from the 70s and 80s like she didn't say anything new yeah (laughs) speech um but yeah so i don't know i like i'm kind of torn on it because i think it's really valuable and in a lot of ways like subversive given how conservative culture is becoming like just the idea of saying these things in a mainstream well-performing film is like huge Yes, it's a but, message that yeah. is spreading, even if it is a message that maybe is feminism 101. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where I have to kind of temper my expectations and be like, why do you think a, like a a children's toy-based film by a major studio is going to say anything groundbreaking? Like it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's just not, yeah. relax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I had the same way. Uh, I felt the same way. Like I felt it was really just basic, basically. Like nothing wrong with being basic, but also like, because I saw it later and I was reading like things online and there was a lot of people being really enthusiastic about it and about its message. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to see in this movie? What is this message that everybody's talking about that Greta Gerwig delivered? And, you know, and and then you went, you go in and exactly what you said, it was just very basic. And, you know, um, so I enjoyed the other things. Like I thought the performances were fun. The music was really fun too. Things, the costumes, things like that. And to your point about, seeing it with an audience like I think the best thing about it is that I was we were sitting in front of these uh, of a group of young women who were just enjoying themselves with this movie and talk not not even talking among themselves but just like laughing and you know saying hey girl and whatever and that joke and I can't believe what she said like not being interruptive in any way just enjoying themselves and at the beginning I'm like oh these women might annoy me a little bit. Are they too loud? But you know what? As I relaxed into the movie, I kind of found enjoyment from their enjoyment. And I was like, oh, people are having fun. I should just have fun and relax. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah, it is one of those where you're just like, I need to turn off a little bit. But, you know, obviously I think the more concerning thing isn't so much the film itself, but like what the film signals for Mm -hmm. the industry in terms of like, the cross section mm. of art and commerce and like 
ads, <laughs> like product placement, basically. Yes. Um, so I think that's much more um, something to keep our eyes on instead of mm-hmm. like whether or not, you know, Barbie did feminism right. Yeah, totally. Um, I hear you. Um, and for everybody who enjoyed it, you know, it's like it's fun to have a movie that everybody's talking about. Yeah. Um, that is really fun because you know we you don't have that because sometimes you know the other the movie for the summer for me was Passages, the Iris Axe movie with Frank Rogowski and Ben Wishaw, but that is a movie that like you know maybe just me, you, and our friends saw. I mean. People who are listening to this podcast probably saw it and loved it. We love, Mm -hmm. you know, but in the general um, culture, it is like non-existent. Like my mom, who never goes to movies, heard about Barbie and wanted to see it. She would never in a million years even know what Passages is, let alone want to see it. Well, I think Barbie also highlighted how important like active marketing is because I don't really think I realized until Barbie how diminished advertising has become for film like if you think about it it's really just like you know for us posters on the subway Mm -hmm. um maybe like an occasional trailer and like tweets like promoted tweets and then if you're on tiktok like your favorite influencer will go to the premiere and like take videos of themselves eating popcorn and like that's it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like there really isn't much and then you think about like people were talking about this because the new Linklater movie got bought by Netflix Mm -hmm. and everyone was like, well, this sucks because Netflix is just going to drop it without advertisement. But if you like threw a bunch of money behind this and put it in a theater, Mm. like people would go see it. It's a very likable thriller. Um, And I was like, Oh my, that's so true. Like I haven't seen really any like advertising gimmicks in a really long time. Like Barbie. And that used to be so common. Yeah, it's just like you really have to be lucky to figure out what a film is if, unless it's a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the thing is, like that marketing thing, like it was a brilliant marketing campaign for Barbie. But also when a marketing campaign is this successful and let's admit this was all marketing and they had the yeah. dollars of the toy manufacturer behind them, um, the movie becomes irrelevant. Like, I just think this movie could have been anything um as long as there is pink and a blonde woman at the center (laughs) and it would have made exactly the same sort of money and success as long as they did the same marketing campaign and had the right blonde woman so um so in that like I hear the arguments of the naysayers about this it's like it's all marketing I hear that and agree with it but then I hear what you said about your parents and how they reacted to the America Ferreira uh, monologue and all of that so then we should be happy that Greta Gerwig chose yes to do a basic feminism 101 but she could have done or whoever else was hired could have done anything else like one of the endless Marvel movies you know yeah. that have no no story no acting no whatever yeah well you know I mean I think it was definitely helped by the fact that it's a recognizable brand mm-hmm. like I don't think it's separate from the conversations about nostalgia farming that studios are doing now yeah um just because it has a sense of individuality um yeah I don't know I mean I think a lot of the conversation around because I know people were also really tired of 
Barbie's marketing as well, which at a, at a certain point, like, of course, because it, it mm-hmm. was, and it was like, you know, everywhere, like Barbie makeup, Barbie mm-hmm. tampons. I have no idea. Like literally everything. <laughs> everything. Um, yes. But like, but I think we also forget that like the films that we love that are older than 1980, like also did this, like there were, yeah. there, were there were like, there were product placements for all kinds Lots. of like classic mm-hmm. films and stuff. Like that's how yeah. everything used to be done. Yes. Um, it's not like people just, you know, magically knew what movies were coming out. So it's sort of like, I don't know, getting people used to seeing marketing again, that isn't um, influencer based. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So maybe I like, I hope there are good lessons that the studios learn from, but let's not get into them because they are assholes and the strike is still going on. So yeah. we'll go down a deep well. They'll probably learn all the wrong lessons they're supposed to. But good on this particular studio for getting people to go to the movies and treat it as an event. And everybody was wearing pink and taking photos and having fun. And that's what it should be like. Um, and so did you see the other big summer movie, Oppenheimer? No, I didn't. I meant to... And I still want to see it. I, I didn't want to see it for a long time because ugh, nuclear weapons just like freak me out, <laughs> which I sound like such a wimp saying that, but like, I don't know. They're just too real. They're too real. Um, and so I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm prepared, but then I don't know. I'm, I'm over it now. Yeah. Um, I'm not shy about it anymore. So I'm ready to see it. I have a feeling to be honest that I'm going to be more of an Oppenheimer girly than a barbie girly i think so so i think i yeah so i'm I'm like a little suspicious but there there will be plenty of opportunities to see it because i think they're gonna run a big oscar campaign so it will be available everywhere um i saw it because Mm -hmm. when i came back um i was invited to its first award screening Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they already did it. They're like, if you want to see Oppenheimer a second time, come wow. see this movie. We It's uh, it's eligible in all categories. I'm like, all right, you're already starting in August, but good. It was a great screening. I went to the DGA. I saw it in the big theater in 35 millimeter. So Ooh. it was like best conditions yeah, it sounds for really that. Nice. Um, and so I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was well acted. Um, um, and I think the reason it's it's successful is because besides Christopher Nolan being a brand is that morally it's very unambiguous um, Mm -hmm. and it's always clear in every scene in almost every word of dialogue who the good guys are and who the bad guys are and so that just makes it easily digestible and Mm -hmm. people accept it more and because of that, like, it's also dealing with a serious question, like nuclear weapons, were they good or bad? Did we create our own destruction? Like sort of it dealing with these questions of mora- morality, which is, I think, most straight men, you know, I am i don't know, but I presume listening to a lot of straight men who or reading a lot of straight men are concerned mm-hmm. with their morality, with life, with what they leave behind, all of these questions. The and Roman Empire. Yes, exactly. The Roman Empire. That was, yes. So yeah. I understand why this is like the dad movie or like totally. whatever it is, it's going, but it's artfully done and well acted. And so great 
great for Nolan and all the actors and whoever participated in this film. It's really good. Yeah, I'm excited about it now um, because I don't know. I guess I'm pretty dad coded. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm interested in all of these. Ta- like, I read about them all the time. So, it yeah, seems I'm excited to see it. But yes. I, we have so many other things to see. Yes, I know. Um, because fall is going to be a crazy season. So maybe we should yes. talk a little bit about all of the films that are coming up. It honestly feels like this is such a good year and it's kind of surprising mm-hmm. in a good way. Like I'm actually yes. excited and I don't feel like I've been excited in a really long time. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm excited too. And just because of my programming job, I have seen a few of um, of these movies already. Um, and they all, all the ones that I've seen, I really love them. I like them. And there are a lot I haven't seen yet, just like everybody. So there are a lot I'm excited about. So the news that we want to cover today is that we are both going to be at the New York Film Festival, which starts in New York the last week of September. But screenings for critics start this week. Mm-hmm. But majority uh, are next, like, well, last week of September, yeah. Yeah. So, and this year, somehow, New York Film Festival managed to get basically every single big fall title. Yeah. Um, except I think, Killers of the Flower Moon. Except Scorsese, who they yeah, lost. Which is crazy. I don't and know how that happened. I don't know. And they have played every single movie of his. And, like, there would be just a Scorsese night. Like, The Age of Innocent yeah. played some at New York Film Festival, and it's... Their 20th, 25th, whatever anniversary. Like they Scorsese is always there. I'm so surprised. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Like, I, was there some? I have no idea why that is the case. But yeah, you know, and they they're playing all the can titles, so it's not like a can thing. Um, I don't yeah, know. I what assumed happened it was like there. an Apple thing. It's it's yeah. Apple, right? Yeah, it's Apple. But who mm-hmm. knows? But anyway, Killers of the Flower Moon will be out um, soon after New York starts. Anyway. Um, so for the next few months, we are going to be talking about these movies, um, every week, um, uh, me and Izzy, or with our guests, we will try to talk about them as they are released. So more people are able to see them. Um, but we're excited to see them starting next week at New York. And maybe we'll do like first a recap of New York once we've seen the majority of those movies. Um, and then what, um, we're going to be talking about since we love talking about Oscars we're not going to become an Oscar prediction podcast per se, but we will talk about um, the movie's chances at awards because it is something that's fun to discuss and to argue about. And people love, um, people like us love it. We love it too. And so hopefully that will be um, a staple of our coverage this fall. But let's talk about the movies that we're excited about. So Izzy, when you look at New York and it's massive big slate that is just one big title one amazing title after the other what are some of the ones that get you excited um definitely poor things I love Yorgos Lanthimos so I think um anything that he puts out I would be excited about but the fact that it's been getting such good reviews is really exciting um yes so definitely that one let me look at a list really quickly yeah and um, and the, and Yorgos is somebody who's really like um I love his collaboration with Emma Stone they seem to be really in sync with each other like I think she gave the best performance of her career in the favorite 
and for them to sort of reunite immediately after. And it seems that since The Favorite, they have been working together because they did a short movie mm-hmm. uh, that is also playing at New York. And then they did another movie after Poor Things. So this is, seems like the new sort of, I don't know, is it Bergman uh, Rossellini? Maybe something like that. Well, you know, since it's well, European. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. We'll see. I mean, based um, on the reviews and the favorite, um, it seems like it's a fruitful collaboration. For sure. Uh, I'm also really excited about Zone of Interest. Um, what else? Yeah, well, I'm, and I'm I- interested in Priscilla in that I am obsessed with Sofia Coppola right now, but not, like, I've never been... Uh, like a stan of her films but i like them except yeah. i guess marie antoinette i pretty i stand that but like yeah same um, so i'm excited to see what she does kind of like returning to something that's a little more like typical for her after on the rocks yes i mean she always excels at these stories of young women in yeah. like heightened situation whatever it is getting married to Elvis Presley or having a movie star dad or whatever totally, the big yeah. whatever the beguiled was um <laughs> well it's interesting now too because like when she was making Marie Antoinette for example like she didn't have a teenage daughter mm. so I'm really wondering how that has changed the way that she kind of thinks about stories about teen girls yeah yeah that's exciting and it won best actress at Venice which is a good harbinger Emma, Emma Stone has won that for La La Land. Kate Blanchett has won it for Tar. Olivia Coleman has won it for The Favorite. Frances McDormand, did she win it? I don't know. For uh, Three Billboards, maybe she didn't. Uh, but anyway, the big actress movie that goes um, to Venice and then gets lots of awards attention usually wins that award. And so this year it was Kaylee Spaney for, for Priscilla. The only person who never won that um, was um, Kristen Stewart um, because she had the bad luck to be in the same year as Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers. So Cruz won it. (laughs) Well, we also have big actressing in May, December. Yes. So, uh, you know, Todd Haynes always shows up for the actressing lovers. Yes, yes. Um, Um, This is one of the ones I saw and I won't say anything except it's Wait, exciting. give me a facial expression. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, no, <it's>, everyone. <laughs> you don't yes, we'll talk. It. We'll talk about it when when more people see it. But actressing is the right word to describe this movie. And you know, just looking at the cast, you know, that's what's yeah, yeah, yeah. gonna be in it. So we're not gonna get the most subtlety, I think. Yes, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore playing. Portman literally playing an actress trying to play Julianne Moore. So yes, actressing is the code word, is the not even, you know, it's not the code word. It is it is the, the word. It is it's the not word. A it's, secret. it's not a secret. Use code yes. actressing for tickets. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, well, but that also is maybe a good transition to talk about um your work with Newfest and perhaps. I don't know anything with respect to Todd Haynes that you might have to say. Yes. So um, I program for New Fest, for those of you who don't know, and New Fest is New York's LGBTQ plus film festival. So we uh, 
uh, take place in October. This year, it's October 12th to the 24th. And we have, we've, I've been watching movies. I think I've watched like 700 movies. That includes short. So it's not all like, you know, feature movies um, since January. And we have such an amazing slate. On top of it is May, December. It has played other festivals, Cannes, and it will be at New York and people will see it, but it's coming to uh, New Fest and we're giving um, Todd Haynes an award as an LGBT pioneer. Um, and so that's going to be an amazing night in New York. Um, uh, I can't say who is interviewing Todd, but it's going to be a big surprise and it's a conversation that people will want to see. Um I, we also are showing in our closing night, we are showing a movie that I love. I want to talk about more, so I can't wait for people to see it. It's actually my favorite movie that I've seen of the 700 movies or however movies I've seen this year. Wow. It's Andrew Hay. It's called All of Us Strangers. Um, Andrew Hay, of course, did Weekend um, and did 45 Years with Charlotte Rambling um, a few years ago. And this movie, he finally... Um, he, it's his most personal film. He took a Japanese short story that was about um, a straight love affair between a man and a woman and made it between two men and set it in contemporary London. Um, and it stars Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal. But the movie gets his strengths from that relationship being contrasted with the relationship that the lead character played by Andrew Scott has with his parents who are played as in the ages they were when the character was young by Claire Foy oh. and um, Jamie Bell. And so the movie sort of, it's all set, supposed to be contemporary. So it's a little bit met metaphysical fantasy, but they are who they are, who they were in 1987. And Got so, it. and they come to sort of see their son's life now that he's 45 and what has happened to him. Um, and it's just beautiful. And these four actors are so good together. Um, and as a big fan of Claire Foy for a long time, you know, she was the best Queen Elizabeth. I don't want to hear it. She was, um, yeah. <laughs> she is, she, as the, as the, as they say, she gave, instead of the gays, she gave me all I wanted. So... <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I really like him. Um, I think that 45 years is always sticks with me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I think about it like, randomly all the time, yeah. um, but it's really good. So I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah. Um, and New Fest has lots of other movies. Like, you know, we have Jodie Foster playing oh, queer. Oh, yeah, I know. I want to see that. For the first time, she's a lesbian in the movies with Annette Benning, who's been a lesbian many times. Um, they're both lesbians <laughs> in Nyad. Um, <laughs> we have Coleman Domingo, another queer actor, playing queer as Bayard Rustin is in Rustin. These are the big titles, but, you know, go to newfest.org. We have lots of other movies. There are smaller movies that I love. Um, there's a movie from Mexico called All the Fires about a pyromaniac teen. And I don't want to say more than that. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, there is a movie from France called The Lost Boys. Um, it's about this love affair between two um, boys in a um, reform center. Um, it stars the actor from Ozone's uh, Peter Von, Von Kant. Um, and I personally um, 
programmed a few short film programs, and I'll tell you about just one that I'm very proud of. Um, uh, with queer narratives and stories and films, the coming out story is always hero, um, especially in short movies. You know, filmmakers who make short movies are usually at the beginning of their career, and that's the thing that um, is most top of mind for them. And those stories and those narratives actually make some amazing, great um, films, including the one that I just talked about, All the Fire, the Mexican All the Fires, which was a Locarno. But when I started thinking about this year's um, program, I wanted to to showcase stories that are not about coming out, that are not about teenagers, that are not about people. Um, what about other people, people with continuing relationships, relationships that span a lifetime, whether mm -hmm. as lovers or relationships you have with your parents, relationships you have with your siblings. So, you know, I cast a wide net and watched a lot of movies and reached out to people trying to figure out what is out there about this theme. And um, I'm very happy that I have six amazing movies. The program is called We Carry the Love. Um, and I came up with this title because I thought, you know, love is amazing, but when it comes with expectations, there is a burden. We have to mm -hmm. carry it a little bit. And when you have, when you, when you have, when you're in a relationship with a parent or with um, a sibling or with a partner for many years, or you're older and there all of these relationships are there, there is a lot of expectations because it's it's that's what it becomes and you have to carry it. And the weight has to be divided. Otherwise you, you won't be able to, the burden would be too much. So this is kind of where I came up with the title. And I think the movies, I was so happy the movies that I found six amazing films that played in the theme and most of the filmmakers are gonna be there. So I hope people come to this program. And as I was finalizing the program, I saw all of us strangers mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, Andrew Hay and I have been thinking about the same thing. So <laughs> it became such like a wonderful thing to- yeah, It's like a good exclamation point for that yes. journey. Yes. So these six short, amazing films become like a really fantastic companion piece to all of us strangers, which I think a lot of people are going to watch and fall in love with this 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 year i mean everybody who's seen it so far that i've talked to absolutely love it so great that's so good to hear so new york film festival new fest fall is here it's gorgeous outside today in new york we're excited about the um the year to come and especially the movies to come and the conversations we're gonna have um with you and with our fantastic guests that we plan to invite and have come on the podcast can't wait. Thank you all for listening as usual. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at I am Picture Show. And I am at Instagram at Mortada underscore E and Twitter, whatever it's called now, um, at M-E underscore says. And I'm BK Rewind on Twitter, X and BK underscore Rewind on Instagram. And your YouTube channel, don't forget oh, that. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you haven't heard of that yet, I'd be shocked. But yeah, I'm on. <laughs> be kind of rewind on that.